Hello and welcome to the 12th and final episode of this season focusing around Joe Pesci. Today we're talking about 1991's The Super. Stick around so you can hear our final review and rating of all 12 Joe Pesci films that we've covered this season. I'm Shay. And I'm Peter. And you're listening to Stellar Stellar Alignment. Alignment. Welcome to episode 12, our final episode of the first season of Stellar Alignment, where we have covered Joe Pesci. It's a little bittersweet, I feel like, our final episode today covering Mr. Pesci. It's been a pretty awesome ride, but excited to talk about his final film that we've chosen, which was The Super. The Super. 1991 comedy, uh, rated R. Starring Joe Pesci, of course, Vincent Gardenia, Madeline Smith Osborne, Ruben Blades, and Kenny Blank. Directed by Rod Daniel. His most notable other film, at least for me, is he directed Teen Wolf, mm. which is one of my all time favorites, the nice. original Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox. Okay. Also directed lots of television, Canine with Jim Belushi, Beethoven's Second. So we have a bit of a tie-in to last week's Home Alone and John Hughes, mm, because nice we know that over. John Hughes also wrote Beethoven, and I believe Beethoven the Second. And directed a movie called Like Father, Like Son, a body swap comedy with Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron. Freaky Friday. Kirk Hammer, really? Yes. And oh. I I remember this movie. I'd watched it a lot as a kid. And I'm trying to remember if this was the the first body swap movie I'd ever seen. Oh, it could like either before be, all the others? It could be this or it could be uh, the original Shaggy Dog. Do you remember that? I do remember Shaggy yes. Dog. Uh, I don't know if I've seen the original. The one from like the 60s with, uh, shoot, I forget the actor's name. Okay, maybe, maybe. It's black and white. Oh, no. Definitely yeah, not. Definitely haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. They've been doing body swap comedies. Like It's the best thing ever. the invention Like, what of... if you woke up and you were in this different environment and it would be hilarious? Yeah. Not even the invention of cinema or television, but the invention of cave paintings. They started no. body swap cave paintings. So. There's a lot of lessons to be learned there. In cave drawings? Body swap. Body swap. Comedies. Of course, yeah. of course. Putting yourself in someone else's shoes, mm-hmm. walking a mile. Mm-hmm. Similar to what happens in today's oh, film, The Super. It is. You like how I just brought that 360? <gasps> Written by Sam Simon. Simon. Simon Salmon. <laughs> Written by Sam Simon, who, for me, this was, the, the I think, the biggest thing to note for Sam Simon. He did a lot of television writing. Okay. But uh, and wrote a few other films, but nothing that I'd ever heard of. A lot of unknown names, at least in my opinion, for this. Sure, sure. Of course, you've got Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. And a little piece of trivia here. This is his first top billing. Really? 1991, The Super is the first time Joe Pesci gets top billing. He's already been in quite a few movies. He has, though. but he's never the, the tippy top, the lead, right? Okay. He's always co-starring or something like that. Not much other people to know as far as actors go either. Uh, Vincent Gardenia was, who plays his father in the movie, had done a lot of things, but nothing of huge fame. And unfortunately, he died just a little over a year after this super came out. Mm. 
Other than that, you've got child actor Kenny Blank, who plays Tito really well. And I think him and Pesci have a good, great chemistry. Good chemistry. Um, only nomination for any type of award for the Super. Uh, Kenny Blank gets nominated for a Young Artist Award, but does not win that. The only other actor to know, I think, is Ruben Blades, who plays Marlon in the film. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him over the years. I think most recently he had a huge role on Fear the Walking Dead. That's where I know him from. Every time I see him pop up, though, I'm always like, hey, it's the guy from The Super. Because I saw this movie when I was like eight or nine years old. I I remember my dad showing it to me. You recognized him from this movie. Yeah. So he's always just the guy from The Super, even though he's, he's done a lot of... Other. Other work. Mm-hmm. Movie opens with Joe Pesci narrating. It gave me Casino and Goodfellas vibes just yeah. because it opened with Pesci narrating and talking about his childhood and about how his father's a slumlord. Words of wisdom were yeah. kind of crooked and slimy, and we get that impression right away. Yeah. Super cute, like, cartoonish kid that they had <laughs> yeah. playing playing young Pesci's character, though. That was funny. Yeah. Should we give him a week off? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You can tell in the beginning of the movie that his his son has a heart and and cares for people in that Mm -hmm. one moment, right? And that's kind of where the movie takes us, right? Exactly. He's a good guy on the inside. He's just raised by some crooked ideas a, a piece of shit father who does uh, who's just cares about money and doesn't care. When he gets his first building, they don't even hug. Yeah. Hands he calls him over him the keys. Big Lou. Yeah, he refers to him as Big Lou. He never calls him Dad, which is kind of distancing. There's that that relationship between father and son, and then mm-hmm. doesn't even hug his son when his son goes in for the hug when he gives him the building. And yeah, we can see a little bit of this father son dynamic, which eventually resolves itself by the end. This is something that we talked about before we started rolling, but. I've seen this movie, it's been a long time, but I've seen this movie a few times, so I knew what to expect, but I asked you when the movie ended, did you know where that movie was going pretty much from the Absolutely. start? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. This is very cookie cutter film. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. predictable. As soon as he hands over the building and then forced to live there by a judge Via because, court. because he's not, you know... Tons of violations. Right. Just like code... Living right. environment, electricals, bad rats. Just a, sh- a slumlord. Slum I mean, Lord. it's literally like the worst that you can. Yeah, to, you can let yeah. people live in something like Squalor. that is just is pretty shitty, and you can kind of tell right away. Like, oh, I see what's going to happen. He's going to learn his lesson. He's going to realize that these are people too, and then eventually he's going to help everyone. Exactly. And there's going to be some sort of like resolution between him and his father, right? And that's exactly what happens. The thing about this movie is, is it, it's not considered to be anything great. The ratings aren't super high on it. Critics didn't really give it any th- second thought, right? Just... And and it only got back half of the amount of money that it, it they put into mm-hmm. filming it. It's very shallow. But just... I, I would say that like it's a pretty solid screenplay. It's got a lot of funny scenes. You've got a strong lead. The only thing that it suffers from is just being generic. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. I laughed a ton. You're giggling a lot. Pesci's <laughs> funny, man. Like, 
if if we've learned anything over the last 12 episodes, it's that Joe Pesci knows how to be funny. Knows how to whether, be charming. Whether he wants to or not. And that's another good point. Is like in the beginning of this movie, he's a real piece of uh, shit himself yeah. because of his how he was raised. Mm-hmm. But he's still somehow charming. He's still charming for some weird reason. Like yeah. in the beginning, they they make him out to be a total a-hole. And that's absolutely on purpose you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. getting money from people denying their requests for things to be fixed and like yep. better living conditions and he just he's a money grower not even that far in you can tell he's still charming and right there's scenes with likable you still are on his side with at him and the kid played by kenny blank where you know you can see like he he has a heart and he feels for this kid and this kid doesn't get to have what he wants because he comes from a lower income family and everything like you you start to realize that yeah somewhere deep down inside this this character is a good person you can also tell that through his interaction with with Marlon played by Ruben Blades and some of the other tenants that he kind of just wants to fit in and be part of the 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 crew and part of the fun but because, again, of his upbringing, he he doesn't get to do that. And he feels like he has to put on this persona of this hard ass that's just mm-hmm. there for the rent. You, you get to see the charm, too, when he interacts with the lawyer that has brought the case up against him and how he flirts with her. And and what normally would be sexual harassment, and he still makes fun. Still some kind of like, endearing somehow. Somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, early 90s right yeah that type of stuff yeah you wouldn't find it even even as a joke anymore in a movie no like they stopped making those movies about but there's this one scene where joe pesci is like following her to the car asking her out to dinner tell like complimenting her in very like unprofessional ways she's there for business she keeps talking about the building handle her own he's like a little magnet keeps like crowding her she keeps like pushing him away away, and then he'll come right back yeah push him away i giggled so much you were laughing quite a bit yeah there's something about joe pesci i don't know he's funny he gets Uh, it he a lot of pesciisms i don't know if if this film is at the the pinnacle of the pesciisms but the the sporadic movements when he's like that we've dancing seen in, he in home like alone that. and in in lethal weapon it's hard to say it's right like thing he yeah uh, just the way he moves his body he he did this slouching thing throughout the movie where i kind of felt like added to the humor of his character but also i think it was a way to make joe pesci someone who's i think five three even it's seem small. even smaller to kind of paint how kind of small of a person morally he was possibly a little bit and maybe i'm reading into it a little too much maybe. but she playing basketball was the funniest thing ever especially when they were winning because mm. obviously it was a hustle yeah. for money yeah but just like when you saw those close-up shots and he was just like he's just like <laughs> like <laughs> so He's just a, a very fascism. He's a very animated animated body and and animated <laughs> movements and I love it. Yeah. It's it's what makes the Leo Getz character in Lethal Weapon amazing. Mm-hmm. It, it adds to a little bit of the Harry character in Home Alone. For sure. Vinny and my cousin Vinny a little bit. Even we saw it a little bit in uh, with Honors. Super funny to watch Joe Pesci be Joe Pesci. It's, yeah, it's super great. Um, He's a funny guy. 
But I will say that there was a decent amount of Joe Pesci being a different actor that he's worked with quite a bit. Oh, the face he was making? Was he doing a, a was, Robert De Niro impression? It seemed like he was doing... There's a lot of these moments where he's, you know, he's doing that cliched <laughs> De Niro face with like the the frown. Like, do you think they were just hanging out a yeah. lot at this time? And he Maybe. They're good friends. Doing a little... Him and Bobby. They're good, good buddies. De Niro. You do it better than I do. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> These shoes, which isn't even a De Niro quote. That's, <laughs> that's an impression of Paul Rudd doing an impression of Robert De Niro in Knocked Up. What? Yeah, with the scene. These shoes? Like, these shoes? These shoes? I don't know. That's all I can remember. Anyways, yeah, you know what's going to happen throughout the whole movie. You've got these good scenes where he interacts with the tenants, which are really fun. You mentioned the basketball scene, but mm -hmm. the three-card money scene, and then the 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 first time that they're having a party where he kind of says, "Hey, keep it down," and then the second time where he joins in and he he does he this, like dances yeah. for everybody. It was great, right? It's pretty great. And you get a little MC Hammer in there. Super '90s this movie. Uh, you get the everybody dance now at some point, everybody and then just like the 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 power guitar, the '90s, late '80s '90s power guitar that mm -hmm. remind me so much of the riff from Lethal Weapon too. Just that I don't know. One of the tenants was recognizable. Ah, uh, yes, you're talking. Uh, I'm gonna attempt to pronounce his name, but I'm probably gonna butcher it. But. Uh, Abdulali Nagom? That guy? Yeah. Yes. Who we recognize from um, Grandma's Boy. And That's and other funny. Adam Sandler joints. Yes. Yeah. Other yeah. Um it seems like that friend group adopted him as well. Yeah. He's Mr. Mr. Shock Mr. Shockaloo. Yeah, I think in, that's what it's And Grandma's Boy, yeah. With the deer weed. Yeah. Um Do I have antlers? <laughs> Probably important to note that this is a plot inspired by a man named Morris Gross, who was sentenced to live in a neglected apartment of his where there was more than 400 code violations, uh, which is the first time that that had been done in New York City. So this is not something that is fiction. Apparently, slumlords uh it's a good way to punish them and get them to realize like hey it's so. it's not cool to treat people like this and that you can't expect them to pay to live here if you're not keeping up the building right i think i would have liked this movie a little bit more if the ending wasn't so abbreviated something happened and it's pretty then, abrupt yeah. yeah and then like they just didn't burn the house down so like well, yeah, I mean, they... So That's the ending. Pesci's character, you know, little Lou, uh, Louie, realizes that it's not cool to let human beings live in this way. Mm -hmm. And he has a heart because he Learned also has to live there. He's built relationships with these people and realizes that he you can't treat people this way, even though his father's like, don't fix a single thing. Which is like, how, how is that even possible? Like that you just have this building that's just so run down. But he comes around mm -hmm. and Big Lou decides that he's going to set a fire on top of the building to get it condemned. Which also is like, 
what happens to the, you've condemned the building how are you going to make money off of so it so that's anymore? a that's a separate topic yeah i'm sure he's there's a way to just make money off of the empty properties Maybe. joe pesci's character realizes what his father's going to do and he puts a stop to it with the help of the tenants who now have his back and that's just kind of the end like they have a moment him and his father where he's like you just can't do this to people and for whatever reason like his dad is a hard ass the entire movie and then all of a sudden he's like just like yeah you're right which is a little forced but they do have this this hug right sure. which we mentioned before they wouldn't his father wouldn't hug him and now he's able to hug his son mm-hmm. which you know but is we kind don't of see this resolution thing else in the building we don't see anything with the the romantic lead there, it's just very abrupt, and all of a sudden, it's a farewell, and they give him mm. like a a farewell that they, he sort of deserves. Well, they like, do. Arr. They but. they touch on everything so briefly. Is like it, I don't know if it's like three months later or something, but he's had a bunch of work done in the building. It's looking nice. The tenants are happy. He decides that he's going to make Marlin the super actual superintendent, mm-hmm. and they do kind of. Um, they touch on this romance between him and the lawyer throughout the film and towards the end she as he's coming around she does start to show interest she calls him by his first they never lean into it and I think that's actually a good thing I I think if they added this whole other romantic thing on top that it would be too much I it kind of bothers me when they force romances in, in movies. Like, totally. if that's the point of the story, great. But if it's like the side story that really has nothing to do with the actual plot, mm. a lot of times it feels forced. That's fine. And that's- nothing against almost 50-year-old Joe Pesci, but this lawyer is supposed to be like in her early 30s. And it's like, are we really going to buy this? I don't know. I will agree with you, though, that the, the ending is a little abrupt and a little too cookie-cutter, but the whole movie's cookie-cutter. And I do think that there's a lot of funny parts. Even having seen it before, uh, there was times when I chuckled. You were cracking up a whole bunch. That's cracking up. You got you know your fair share of, of Joe Pesci today with the super, and it kind of feels like uh, a bit of little bits of Pesci that we enjoyed in different aspects of different movies all throughout the season that we get all, all kind of in one, you know, Mm -hmm. funny, but we also get a hard ass, albeit like, you know, a comical hard ass, not Mm -hmm. your typical casinos or Goodfellas type, but yeah. yeah. Overall, a, a decent comedy that didn't do super well during its time, which, well, why don't we get into that? Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Super, having only been rated by nine reviews on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes, Tomatoes, has a 0% on the tomato meter. Uh, and, uh, and the audience score is not much better. It's a 42. Okay. So a lot higher than you would expect with a 0% on the tomato meter. And then IMDb gives it a 5.6. Not the lowest that we've had during this season. Mm-mm. I believe... Uh, eight heads in a duffel bag received lower, but pretty low on the list. Pretty low on the list there. Why don't Why, why don't, don't we rate this final bitch? Why don't we rate this bitch for Joe Pesci? And then let's also 
review the rest of our Let's ratings. review the Let's whole season. Let's shuffle it up. Yeah. I know there's some things that were a little out of place for me. Mm-hmm. I did rearrange a little stuff. Yeah. So let's let's do the rating. What did you give today's movie, The Super? I gave it a four. A four. Out of 12. Okay. It is the fourth ranked from the bottom. I gave so today's film, The Super, a three. So like you said, uh, three out of 12, 12 being the highest. Yes. But why don't we why don't we dig in and we will go back through our last 12 episodes and actually 15 films because we did have a couple episodes that had more than one film. Films. We can talk about the ratings and yeah, see how they all line up against each other. So we were repositioning. We've shuffled. I think we both shuffled around a couple, a couple times. that had a different score prior to today. And the way that we kind of looked at it is if if I was on a deserted island and I could only watch one film, but it had to have Joe Pesci, what would it be? And then you kept increasing the list all the way up to 12 films, right? Yes. So that's how I've rated mine today. Um, how about I'll, I'll go first. You go first. And then, okay. For number one, I've got eight heads in a duffel bag. Number two, Easy Money. That was with Rodney Dangerfield. Okay. Uh, today's film, The Super, at number three. Number four, and I know that I'm going to maybe get some blowback from the audience, but I've got Raging Bull. Again, this is my own personal Raging ra- rating. As which had tons of awards. Right. Um, as a number four. Number five, I've got Home Alone. So that's Home Alone and Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Oh, really? Only five. Uh, number six, With Honors. Uh, one of our earlier okay. episodes. Nice. Starring Oscar winner Brendan Fraser. Big ups to Brendan Fraser. Uh, won an Oscar since we did our With Honors op- That's awesome uh, episode. That's awesome for him. So I'm so happy for him. Good for him. Excited to see The Whale. We haven't seen that yet. At number seven, I've got Lethal Weapons 2, 3, and 4. Those are all of the Lethal Weapons starring Joe Pesci mm-hmm. as Leo Getz. Mm-hmm. At number eight, I've got My Cousin Vinny. Number nine, JFK. Uh, number 10, Casino. Number 11, Once Upon a Time in America. Mm. Amazing film that neither of us had seen. We had never seen and that before. It's a four and a bit. Yeah. And uh, ours, it's amazing. Amazing. Amazing film. It's amazing. I but wish it was longer. Not, I wish I knew what happened. Not top of the heap for me because I've got Goodfellas coming in at number 12. Mm. Top of the heap. Okay. Joe Pesci's Oscar winning performance as Tommy DeVito. Boom. Yes. Love it. Love how do you it. how do you match up? Okay. Um I'm gonna get some blowback. Uh so number one being the lowest on the ranking, eight heads in a duffel bag. Mm. It just didn't hold up. This is uh I think my first time watching it and it was all over the place. Mm-hmm. It didn't make a lot of sense. I didn't like the lead. I felt like Pesci could have been funnier if you were if he were with different people. Better better script. It definitely needed a better script. They needed a better script. They needed other people to bounce off of. I mean, I Pesci, feel like the trio in that side adventure just, they didn't have good chemistry. But she wasn't allowed to be as funny as we know he can be. He's super funny, right. guys. Uh, my number two is Raging Bull. Uh, I'm only saying this because... It's not my type of movie. It's not my type of movie either. I'm never going to watch it again. I, you know, I can appreciate Raging Bull for Martin Scorsese and for what it 
how it holds up in cinema. Mm -hmm. Robert De Niro's Robert De Niro's amazing dedication to like, it. He these, got big. These are huge things that we really did enjoy about the a movie. Absolutely. But as far as the movie as a whole, and again, like we said, on a deserted island, you know, what are you going to want to watch if it's got Joe Pesci? Yeah. It's not going to be this one. Raging Bull is going to be at the at the the lower end of the list for us. Yeah, this is not, and that's okay. It's number two from the bottom. I'm so sorry. It's not okay. for me. You don't it's, need to apologize. I I do feel like I'm going to apologize don't. to the more serious people out there nope. because uh, Homeland is pretty high on my list. Stand by your decision. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm standing by it. Number three is going to be Easy Money, and I'll tell you why Easy Money beat out Raging Bull. There's this one scene where. <laughs> After the wedding, the father of the bride comes down. He's, like, dancing in his backyard. He comes down the stairs. I laughed so hard, I almost speed. That was the best scene in the world. Rodney Dangerfield is, uh, uh, has his own Pesciisms, right? Who knew? This weird little bug-eyed, like, can't stand still yeah. weird man. Loved it. I wonder, I, this is actually side so, note, so but I wonder if, if Pesci's time working with Rodney Dangerfield on this film gave Pesci kind of the, the, room to... the fluidity to be kind of this uh, physical comedian that maybe he wouldn't have done prior to this. I don't know. Just speculating there. But there is a similarity you can see with, when Rodney Dangerfield kind of puts his whole body on the line and does these crazy wild movements and exactly. you can see the same thing with Pesci. So interesting note there. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. I love that. I love that. Mm. I hope it made him a little more physical because yeah. the Pesciisms are just physical comedy done by Pesci. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so number four is going to be the super. Yep. I laughed. I giggled a bunch. Number five is going to be Lethal Weapons. Mm, okay. um, it's pretty low on the list for me. I used to love Lethal Weapons, except especially the fourth one because of jelly um but i realized that maybe the characters are a bit of bullies like rewatching it again i uh, they seem mean number six is gonna be casino well done uh number seven is with honors and i'll tell you why with honors is beating casino it's because with honors made me cry with honors was a tear it was it was campy and there were cheesy comedy lines that doesn't really bother me but when, yeah, when I cry, it means be, I'm, I've attached myself to You've some storyline. Yeah, and yeah. If, if it can get that type of reaction out of you, then it must, it must be doing something yeah, right. I definitely do. I that. felt the same way, yeah. Uh, number eight is going to be a JFK. Good movie. Very exciting. Even though it was a lot of exposition, mm -hmm. but it was a great movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Nine Home Alone. We rewatched it. Holds up. I love Christmas movies, yeah. like the feel-good movies. Number 10, My Cousin Vinny holds a special place in my heart. Uh, number 11, Once Upon a Time in America. Are you sure? <laughs> How can you be so sure? <laughs> Once Upon a Time in America is number 11. Uh, it was great. This was the first time we watched it. I watched the whole thing. We were on the edge of our seats. Barely any like words in it, and you still, you're like glued to the it's, tv it sucked us both in i was it was amazing it, i think for me out of all of these films the one that surprised me the most is probably once upon a time in america i was dreading it and i was like i'm glad we're getting this out of the way earlier but yeah it was our third episode but it was it was good 
It was great. It, it was, was a great movie. I'm glad we watched it. Absolutely. I would watch it again. Number 12, Goodfellas. It was super great. Goodfellas. We line up on, on number one and 12. We line up on those. I think, <laughs> I think otherwise we're, we're close, though, in most everything else. Sure. Aside from maybe... Lethal Weapon. Yeah. We've got a few that are... Home Alone and Casino were kind of switched for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're pretty similar. I liked Casino. I'm glad that we watched it before Goodfellas. Um, and I could tell that if we watched it in the reverse, I would also feel the same about Casino as I do now. And it would be lower on the rank. Mm. Um, but this way, I wasn't guessing, like, did we not like it as much because we watched Goodfellas first? Or, or yeah, yeah, actually a good point. Because, like, I, going into it, Goodfellas was the one that kind of was at the top of the heap for me. Mm-hmm. And I'd also seen it more, but having rewatched both of them, I, I felt the same way afterwards. It's like, yeah, I Goodfellas is a better film for me. A lot of people out there who think the opposite, they think Casino is a better film, but I think Goodfellas is the better. Not that I, De Niro, Pesci together. Always. Fantastic. Always good. Super yeah. fantastic. They even, play super great against each even other. Even Raging Bull, the, you know, something that was low for both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They were good working together. Mm-hmm. I just liked that Ray Liotta was the lead and they were more side characters. Yes. Accessories. Love us some Ray and Liotta. Then, yes. Yeah, I do like and, Ray you know, Liotta. Side, as a side note here, there is a new film coming out with Ray Liotta. We saw Cocaine Bear. We saw Cocaine Bear. I thought a, that was the last one. A few one. weeks ago. And, you know, Ray Liotta unfortunately passed away last May. And we thought that maybe Cocaine Bear was his last role. But there is a film coming out next month with Charlie Day, Jason Sudeikis, and a whole a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stars of other stars and Ray Liotta. Looks like a pretty funny movie. Uh, it's called Fool's Paradise, and I think it's coming out in either May or June. I'm not exactly sure, but we just saw the trailer uh, yesterday and May 12th. It looks like it's going to be. <gasps> A, a blast yeah doesn't include joe pesci but we should mention that what does include joe pesci on may the 4th and may the 4th be with may you may the 4th be with you uh bupkis a show coming out i believe on peacock starring pete davidson i think he's either playing himself or like a version of himself sure and joe pesci is playing pete davidson's grandfather so we're gonna see joe pesci in front of the camera again <gasps> Yay! very soon so if you are a pesci fan and you've comedy been missing some pesci uh we can see five foot three pesci playing the grandfather of seven foot three pete davidson this is gonna be great <laughs> looks like it could be a, a decent show as long as there's not too much pete davidson there's sorry. nothing wrong with pete davidson sorry he's a I don't, cutie i don't i haven't come around yet I'm still open, but I just, I don't fully... He needs to gain some weight, but he's a cutie. I don't fully get the appeal of Pete Davidson yet. I'm not saying things... Probably because he's a fragile little baby that women just want to take care of. So he's me. That's probably it. I'm just jealous because Pete Davidson's living my best life. Yeah. I mean, he's got way more tattoos than you at this point. Mm. He's probably way more hung than I am, too. <laughs> but anyways, we would like to get your feedback. 
please let us know what your ratings of these films are. We'd love to hear that. You can leave it on our YouTube page. Uh, hit us up on Instagram. We are on other social media, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all under um, at Stellar Alignment Podcast. Or check out our website, StellarAlignmentPodcast.com. Yeah. And leave us your feedback there. We'd like to hear your opinions on Joe Pesci's films. Absolutely. And also our our episodes. Did you enjoy our episodes? Did you enjoy this season? Did you? Like, Are you looking forward to another season? Did you like the breakdowns we did earlier in the season when we got super in-depth? Or do you like these shorter kind of bite-sized ones? Did you like it better when we were in the car? We kind of played around with the format a bunch uh, over 12-episode run, but we're still trying to figure this out, and we're still trying to figure out what we're going to do next for season two. Yeah, we're still open to ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, either another season kind of like this where we're following an actor, perhaps we should play a little bit of a game of six degrees of separation and follow actor to movie mm-hmm. to different actor to different movie. We were thinking of something like that. It could be fun. It could um, be fun. Yeah. Instead of focusing on one, just kind of use, huh. yeah, as a jumping off point to the next one. Yeah. And movies that, we haven't seen before. If you guys want to open our eyes to mm-hmm. certain films. We would love Especially that. since you know what our type of movie is at right. this point. But also, I'd love to be surprised, just like we were with Once Upon a Time in America. We've got a few suggestions. We've had a Steve Buscemi thrown out there, uh, Meryl Streep. We're not really sure. We wanted to keep it less of a super well-known star. Of course, people know Joe Pesci. But the, the show was created based off of this Joe Pesci idea. Exactly. And now we're kind of trying to see, like, where should we go next? What else should we do? Like, some hidden gem that we and possibly other people haven't, like, discovered yet. Mm -hmm. If you think you have something, like, slightly underground that you want to get out there, they have a lot of movies, but we just, they haven't made it to that A, B top list. Yeah. Maybe underappreciated. Underappreciated. Or hidden. Or... Even foreign films. I'm down for foreign films. Hey, I guess, I, guess I, me, I enjoy I, reading and I enjoy watching movies. I don't necessarily like doing them together, but I am not opposed to it either. Um, you're just limiting yourself. You're putting yourself in a box. I like to have just one form of media at once. But anyways, um, let us know what you think. You can hit us up anywhere. We do want to say thank you. We are have not picked a date yet for when we're going to begin season two. So just be on the lookout. We will keep everyone up to date on social media, mm-hmm. Instagram mostly. Um, we'll continue to try to do little bite-sized reviews on new movies that we go see when we get the chance. There's so many new movies coming out. But uh, it's we're only two people, so doing this podcast takes up a lot of our time. And we want to take a, a little bit of a break before we can get into the, the next season. Yeah. So we can, yeah, give it its attention that it deserves. Absolutely. Right. Thanks for joining us for season one, where we dive deep, way deeper than you would have ever expected into Joe Pesci's films. We hope you liked it. We love doing it. And we, we hope- love Joe Pesci. Oh, Was that not what we were going to say? And we love Joe Pesci. And we love Joe Pesci. And we would love to uh, do this again. So hope to see you guys soon. 
And until then, bye. Bye. That's what a good host is good for. Not talking, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want to say goodbye, so bad bye, Raven. <laughs> bad bye. <laughs>